What's going on, FA Nation? Dan Malin here, joined by Mike Alexander for the two-minute drill. We are recapping week three. Mike, how you doing? How was week three for you from a fantasy perspective? It was, it was better than uh, week two, I think. Got uh, got my head on straight. Managed to dodge some bullets like Zeke and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, got, got burned by a couple of bad calls there in the, the Dallas game and the, uh, the L.A. Buffalo game where... You know, very last plays, points, exchanged hands on some very questionable pass interference stuff. But that's a that's the sport we've chosen to root for, and you just got to roll with it. I'm glad you mentioned Dallas because they are one of the, the top topics that I want to discuss first. You know, what's going on with them? You know, because if, if Atlanta can just simply recover an onside kick, we're possibly looking at an 0-3 <laughs> Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there was that controversial pass interference call that went against them a couple weeks back you know so right now they're sitting at one and two but you could easily say that they should be zero and three they could easily be two and one or three and oh what kind of dallas team are we expecting i was a little worried when they initially hired mike mccarthy because i honestly thought that he treated aaron Rodgers like a lawnmower in green bay when that's a lamborghini and sometimes you just got to let him ride but what what should we expect like is dallas good i have no doubt that they'll still win the division because they could probably win that division going seven and nine yeah, either uh, they're going to win it at eight and eight, or the Eagles are going to win it at seven, eight and one <laughs> with the tie this weekend. So it's going to be uh, some some complaining going on about them getting a uh, a divisional uh, win. But uh, it, you know, with Dallas, it's it's so hard to figure out. A big part is the defense. The defense is definitely not good. We had questions about it coming into the year. They've had some injuries, but who hasn't? Right. Um, the other side of the ball is, is also had injuries, the offensive line. Uh, and that, you know, losing Tyron Smith the last two games, their left tackle has, has you know, definitely affected it. Um, Dak has not kind of had the same groove. Yes, he's putting up the stats and, and the fantasy points, but a lot of it's coming in desperation. Um, and, and they're not quite running the ball the way, at least I would say, Jerry Jones wants them to run the ball and, and just pound it down their opposition's throat. That offensive line isn't what it was three years ago. You know, they, they've lost parts of the interior. Teron Smith is getting older as well and missing games more than usual. So, you know, where do we go with Dallas? Uh, they probably right the ship. I feel like they do this a lot of the time. They, they've got the tools and the, and the weapons and stumble out of the gate and manage to patch it together. But you mentioned Mike McCarthy, and, you know, uh, I raised an eyebrow for sure at that, like, what's going on there? You know, Kellen Moore is is effectively the offensive mind in, in, on the team, and Mike McCarthy's just the guy who is holding the door for him. But uh, you know, his influence is still going to be felt in the building, and that could be a concern. Uh, we saw the Falcons blow another huge lead, um, and now they're they're zero three. And the surprising thing is that the Falcons had. Excuse me. They had five offensive possessions in the fourth quarter. Now, most teams get eight or nine the entire game. Getting five offensive possessions in one quarter and you get zero points out of it, that's just a testament to how bad your team really is at just locking a game down and just closing the door. They are 0-3. Dan Quinn has never had this kind of start in his tenure with the Falcons. At what point do the Falcons just let him go? Because this is a team that has like nine or ten first-round picks that are supposed to be starting on their offense, and they are 0-3. They come out at, they come out starting really well and then they just can't just finish a game that they blew it to dallas last week they blow it against chicago this week what is going on with the falcons when did they let go of dan quinn yeah it's it's gotta be soon but uh, arthur blank is somewhat loyal to a fault they i mean if this happened kind of thing happens one more time this year he's got to be done 
you know, you, you do it once on a team where your, your job was on the line and you survive, you got to feel lucky. He's done it twice. He's extremely lucky. A third time's got to be strike three. It probably happens before the end of the season, but I, I think they let him get pretty deep into the year. Do you know uh, that, it, that this happened on Arthur Blank's birthday, though? <laughs> I ruined his birthday. Oh, yeah. man. That's, uh, you know, well, hopefully he was celebrating and uh, <laughs> had a few and didn't realize what was going on. But, um, yeah, you know, especially Dan Quinn is supposed to be the defensive mind and your defense is what's letting you down. He's got to go. Everybody knows it. So once it becomes a true lame duck situation, they, they probably do have to move on. Uh, on the winning side of that game, uh, Nick Foles took over for Mitchell Trubisky and Trubisky led the Bears to a 2-0 start. Looked OK. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he was doing pretty well. Uh, but he was doing awful against the Falcons. Foles comes in, uh, and in short order in the second half, he throws for about 180-ish yards with three touchdowns, and he leads the Bears in a come-from-behind win. It's no surprising that the Bears have already named uh, Nick Foles the starter for next week's game. What does this do for the value of every other Chicago Bear? They lost Tariq Cohen for the season. That 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 automatically is going to bump up David Montgomery. But what do we make of the Bears' receivers right now? And do we like Jimmy Graham a little bit because he had two touchdowns on Sunday? On Jimmy Graham, yeah, just on the touchdown front, that's kind of what his role was going to be coming in here. He caught a touchdown from each quarterback, which is encouraging. Uh, and as far as Foles, Trubinsky, with no preseason, you kind of have to figure this was their script. You know, let's get a few games into the year, and if it happens, we're making the switch. You know, they're they're a 2-0 team. Yes, it's a, it's a game that was going very sideways for them, and, and Trubinsky needed to get pulled, but... You know, he'd thrown one touchdown and one interception. It's not like he threw five interceptions and was getting blown out of the building. So, you know, they, they were ready to make the switch. I think they knew. They traded for Foles, and uh, they knew at some point, he's our guy. We got we to gotta see what we have there after making that big, fairly big trade. Um, Allen Robinson, you know, a lot of it was the garbage, garbage time production, but, you know, he had a huge fantasy day. And I think that is something you can look, down the road with Nick Foles. He's a guy that does tend to lock onto a receiver. Robinson is that guy. He can get open. Uh, he's got the skills to do it and probably benefits from some more consistent QB play. All right. And uh, just kind of segueing from Jimmy Graham to the rest of the tight ends in the NFL. You know, we're, we're seeing, I guess, a tight end awakening this season. There There is a lot of depth. There were, there were plenty of options later in the draft, but we're kind of seeing with like the top end guys that we're not seeing consistent production, you know, Zach Ertz had 14 points in PPR yesterday, but that was with the benefit of Dallas Goddard going down, um, you know, but for the most part, you know, the, the top tier of tight ends, it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle. We're not seeing a ton of consistency. And, and you know, what are your thoughts? I know you, this was like your topic that you wanted to discuss. So I'll let you take the floor, but I'm kind of leaning with you. I mean, I think Ertz's situation benefits from Goddard's injury, but all in all, We've seen some pretty shaky stars from tight end this year. Definitely. Uh, Ertz is an interesting one to note on because, like you said, with Goddard, uh, so that maybe solidifies things. They're also losing receiving options in Philly. Deshaun Jackson is, you know, uh, probable. but is He's got a hamstring he injury. That's going to linger. Yeah, that, uh, that's how it always starts with him. And, you know, a couple games later, you realize that it was never going to be an, a, a reality that he was going to see time. Um, Greg Ward is a solid possession receiver, but that's all he is. So they, they need they need playmakers. So that's going to be a boon for Ertz. And we do have, you know, right now two of the big guys going in Andrews and Kelsey in the Monday night game as we record. Um, 
but yeah, you know, you look at the people who broke double digits and it's, it's not many people that were drafted or, or highly, you know, Eric Ebron, Robert Tanyan, Tyler Croft, Mo Ali Cox, Jesse James. These aren't names that you're comfortable throwing in um, as, as you're starting tight end. So hopefully you didn't pay for them earlier in the season. Uh, at this point going forward, you know, in DFS and, and you know, a redraft, any, anything like that, you're, you're definitely going to want to pay down. Um, and, how, and comfortable, how comfortable are you if, if you're a George Kittle owner? What do you expect from him? Like, obviously, the knee injury that he suffered, it looked really awkward. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't very effective the rest of the game, and he's missed the last two. Um, you know, he's got the 49ers are starting Nick Mullins at quarterback right now because Jimmy Garoppolo is also here. It's just, it seems like the 49ers are one of those teams every year that's just suffering a bunch of debilitating injuries. I mean, what can we expect from Kittle when he's ready to go? Yeah, I, I hate that it, Kittle's such a tough guy and he's going to play and you don't know where he's going to be. You know, is, is he going to be diminished? Cause I, we have seen that in stretches before where he's played through stuff and hasn't been productive. Um, I don't worry about Mullins as much. He's been productive with Mullins in the past. And they did say, you know, they, they, he was hurt at the Jets game, you know, in the Meadowlands. Um, and they were going right back to play the Giants. And they were like, we're playing on that same field all over again. Uh, and, you know, there was whisperings that, you know, that might be why they held him out of the game. So we'll see what we get in week four here. Hopefully it's uh, if they gave him the, the right amount of time to recover and he's ready to go. All right, let's talk some rookies. Um, rookie running backs, rookie receivers. It was a pretty big week for rookie receivers that you can find on the waiver wire. Uh, Justin De- Jefferson went off for like seven catches and 175 yards and, and a touchdown. T. Higgins had two touchdown passes. Brandon, yeah, Ayuk found the end zone. You know, uh, great weekend for rookie receivers. But at the same time, you know, what do we do with rookie running backs like J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, maybe even Cam Akers, who's a little banged up? You know, what do we do with them? You know, do, do fantasy owners have to keep stashing these guys in hopes that they'll get the opportunity and, and potentially break out? And what do you think of the rookie receivers that did well this weekend, like Jefferson, Higgins, Ayuk? I know those three guys are kind of on waivers. I'm of the mindset, and I think you agree that Justin Jefferson just might be a flash in the pan. We'll, we might see other good games for him, but on a consistency basis, we just don't think it's really going to be there for him. But, you know, what's your thought on the landscape of the rookies this year? Right. Interesting that, you know, the main thing people were concerned with were the receivers as rookies. It's the harder position to, to know the playbook, you know, running back, you plug them in, hand them the ball. And it's pretty much been the opposite uh, as you mentioned there. So Jefferson, yeah, that offense altogether is probably not one you want to have too many shares of unless it's a running back. Uh, and you also, you know, CD lamb didn't have the best game, but he's been solid and, you know, quietly solid for the Cowboys who have a lot of options Jerry Judy is now, you know, the guy in, in Denver that's going to get the most targets. Um, so there's plenty of receivers that are that are getting it done. On running backs, though, yeah, uh, Dobbins, you're just holding your breath until um, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, uh, <clears throat> you know, has his mid-year injury. Uh, Akers might have lost the job to to Daryl Henderson. If you get another hundred-yard game against a pretty tough defense on the road, scored a touchdown. You know, Henderson, a lot of people thought was going to be the best running back of his class. Obviously didn't get the opportunity in in 2019. So now he's getting it. And that offensive line is slightly better, but it's still not what it was in 2018. So uh, his talent's shining through a little bit there. Um, But, you know, uh, another one, Zach Moss is a guy who missed his game. Devin Singletary looked really good. 
It's going to be than, really hard for them to take the ball out of Singletary's yeah. hands. Moss is ready to come back. Yeah, and that kind of happened last year with him as a rookie, Singletary. They started taking the ball out of Frank Gore's hands because they saw what they had in a, in a playmaker in Singletary. So, you know, yes, if Moss gets healthy, he's their hammer, and they probably go to him. Goal line work may save his value, <clears> but uh, a, lot, a lot of Singletary owners were nervous about Moss uh, for a big stretch. So, uh, yeah, running backs uh, – not, not what they were advertised as. All right. Speaking of Singletary and the Buffalo Bills, yesterday's game between the Bills and Rams turned out to be an absolute shootout, which yeah. wasn't necessarily the case for most of the game because the Bills were dominating. Um, and the Bills' DST was actually kind of making me put my foot in my mouth because I they're a good defense. I don't think they're a very good fantasy defense. They just never really seem to hit like a really high ceiling. And I kind of advise this every time I write them up in the DST coaches. Like they at best will get you 3x value. They will never really exceed that or really go off. And they allowed the Rams to get back in this game to the point where the Rams actually took the lead in the fourth quarter. But Josh Allen leads the Bills on a game-winning drive, and he's playing like an absolute MVP. Right now, the discussion really has to be, you know, is it Josh Allen or is it Russell Wilson? Because these two are far surpassing, you know, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Like, these two are playing at a very high level, and I have more faith in Wilson maintaining it. Do you think that Allen can can maintain it? Yes, no. When does the potential cliff come for him? Yeah, shout out to Ryan Hodge who put out on Twitter uh, prior to Sunday's main slate that you know you could get a guy that projects just like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott at half the ownership in, in Josh Allen, and uh, that came to fruition. Um, managed to get a nice lineup myself with Allen, Diggs, and Jared Goff on the way back there. That that played pretty nicely, but the competition is what we're concerned about. Uh, he had the Jets and the Dolphins. Those are not defenses that really scare anyone. The Rams, they've got some playmakers, but they're not a very good defense. I, I think people would you know, not push back too hard on that at this point. Um, so, you know, when he gets into a game with, let's say, the Patriots, um, that's when you're going to find out, is the Josh Allen of old going to rear his head? He started to, as the Rams mounted that comeback, you saw him taking risks, you know, pushing the ball. Uh, he had a lateral at one point that was really iffy. Um, stuff like that, that he just, you know, he's not throwing interceptions, but he's, you know, he's still a little bit careless with the ball, losing fumbles, things like that. So, yes, I want to target him going forward as a DFS option where I can, but I also do want to be careful as his ownership creeps up and as the opposing defenses get better, Um you know, be careful there. You might even have an opportunity to target him with a defense that's pretty low owned as he's getting this reputation. Uh, what are you looking forward to in week four? A lot of interesting matchups. The Thursday night game between Denver and the Jets looks awful. <laughs> and then we just kind of have like a bunch of lopsided games or just games between two terrible teams. We got the the Jaguars, the Bengals, uh, the Saints. We don't really know what we have with the Saints. Drew Brees look pretty bad. But then Detroit's coming off their first win as well. Yeah. Um, Baltimore against Washington could be a bloodbath. Uh, Minnesota and Houston, two zero and three teams going to get it. Really, New England and Kansas City might be the most competitive game, and you could easily see Kansas City run away with that one. What are you looking forward to in Week Four? One game I think is uh, a little bit underrated is going to be Vikings Texans, uh, and I'm especially interested in the Texans side of that with Deshaun Watson and probably Will Fuller. You know, Fuller's playing so many snaps right now. Uh, you know, he had two weeks ago a, a, a no-show, but a solid game scored a touchdown against the Steelers this past week. The Vikings defense just, it's not there. It's got young players. It's got holes. 
no preseason to work out the kinks. I don't think they're going to be ready to to take on Deshaun Watson by week four here. And uh, yeah, they just gave up thirty point thirty one points to the the, the Ryan Tannehill led Titans. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's one I'm looking to target. Yeah, I think as long as Will Ferrell, Will Fuller is healthy, you know, everyone knows what his upside is. The issue is that you know he's he's a slight hamstring injury away from yeah. really doing any damage to your team and. Yeah, we didn't really talk about this team um, before the podcast. However, uh, is the Steelers' secondary really as good as people say they are? I mean, we've seen three weeks in a row, you know, a wide receiver have a pretty good game. You know, Slayton, Fuller, um, I think Cortland Sutton did pretty well against them as well. You know, but are they really as good as as people make them out to be, or can this team be beat? We, we've seen teams be able to throw on them. I mean, Jeff Driscoll went out and at least put up 250 yards in relief for Drew Locke. I think I think there's definitely going to be a situation down the road. Steelers at home uh, in a shootout. Uh, that's something with with Roethlisberger you always look for on a DFS front. You know, get 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 that uh, an opposing offense that can get it done coming back and and pushing him as well. Um, their defense, you know, I, I think they're good at. Uh, they're they're just a lot of facets to their defense, and they're good at bending, not breaking. Um, are are they like? a defense of all, you know, a bunch of all pros and shut down people. No, but they make the most of what they have. And, um, you know, really, uh, that, that's something that, um, Mike Tomlin has been so good at his whole career. You know, we, we talked about him holding it together with Antonio Brown in that locker room. Like right. yeah. dude's just a miracle worker and, and he gets the most out of his people. So I think that's the case with them. Uh, Really good stuff. I definitely agree with you on the Texans-Vikings uh, matchup this week. The Texans had a brutal start against the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, and now they have they have some they have an opportunity to at least get back to three and three with the Vikings, Jaguars, and Titans on deck. But Mike, thank you so much for your time. Really good stuff this week. FA Nation, we will be back next week recapping Week Four. Mike, best of luck to you, and best of luck to the FA Nation.